Hey everybody, Joe Yashroff here with another episode of MoCo's Most Famous. We're coming to you from our plush podcast studios at Montgomery Community Media in Rockville. The fabulous Carolyn Raskowskis is here as usual running the show, which is a good thing. And our very, very special guest today is five-time Olympic gold medal winning swimmer, Montgomery County Zone, Bethesda Zone, Katie Ledecky, who's joining us from Palo Alto, California. Katie, thank you for being with us on MoCo's Most Famous. How are you doing? Thanks for having me, Joe. I'm doing well. Good. So what, what are you up to in Palo Alto at Stanford? I'm, I'm guessing training has something to do with it, right? Yep. I'm back in the hard training. It's a big year coming up, the Olympic year. So gearing up, getting a good start on the trainings for the year. We had the world championships in July, so I took about two weeks off after that and then have been back at it for about four or five weeks now. Sounds good. So you, you mentioned the World Championship. So your fans were worried about you because you had this illness. You were in the hospital. It sounded not, not a lot of fun, but then you came back and did really well. So are, are, you're, you're okay, right? Yeah, I'm fine. I had a bit of a stomach bug and kind of knocked me out. And not fun, not fun being sick in a foreign country and, yeah. you know, having to figure that out. But I was lucky to have some really good doctors on the trip with us that took really good good care of me and made sure that we took all precautions to make sure that I was back healthy enough to race my last two events and then get home and go to a few appointments and make sure everything was fine as I I, as I got back into training so yeah everything's fine good good to hear stomach bug kind of thing your your coach said that uh when you came back and I think you won a silver and a gold after the illness that he said he uh, that you you had not swum much better than that so that that's pretty uh good to hear from your coach right yeah, it's, it's, you know, those were kind of unique moments for me. It, you know, I basically was out of the water for a day and a half or two days, which in the middle of a meet like that has never happened to me. So to be able to work up enough strength to be able to get back in and just race, uh, just truly race, not worry about times or, or anything like that, just do my best and see where that put me. Sure. So how hard are you training right now? We're inside, I guess, of a year uh, before the, the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. How hard are you going right now? Yeah, we're, we're hitting it hard uh, pretty early. It's only mid-September, but I feel like I'm doing the work that I would, would be doing mid-season. So I'm, I'm excited about where I am right now and kind of the progress that we're already making along this year. So it's just as hard of training as ever, uh, if not more, uh, just with it being such a, a big year and kind of the focus is above the roof. It's mm-hmm. just uh, you can kind of see the the big goals at the end of the tunnel. And I know that we're going to be at Olympic trials before I know it. So every day really matters. Absolutely. Now, if you were wondering or if you were worried if I'm qualified to ask you swimming questions, I wanted to assure you that I got my flying fish shark card when I was about 10 or 11 at the YMCA. So hopefully that qualifies (laughs) me. Is that okay? Yeah, that, that qualifies. That's good. All right, good. All right, so I want to talk to you about tomorrow. For those listening on Thursday, we're recording this uh, podcast on Thursday. Tomorrow is a big day. You're getting inducted. You're part of the inaugural class of the Montgomery County Sports Hall of Fame. You're not going to be in town for that, but you got inducted. And I have have to say full disclosure here that I'm part of the board of directors. But when you heard the news, what was your reaction? Yeah, I was uh, incredibly honored and it's such an honor to be part of this first class in the Montgomery County Sports Hall of Fame and to be joining some incredible athletes in this class. 
I'm bummed that I can't make it out there to be there for the event and to congratulate the other inductees for their incredible accomplishments over the years and all their contributions to Montgomery County. But again, just, just so honored to be joining this group and can't thank Montgomery County enough for their support over the years and for everything the county and the people have given me and uh, just loved growing up in Montgomery County and I'll always consider it home. And that's great. <clears throat> We're going to get more to Montgomery County. Excuse my voice. So the other, you talked about the other inductees. You've got Dominique Dawes, a fellow gold medal winner in gymnastics. You've got Sean Springs, great football player. Bruce Murray, a star soccer player. Bob Malloy, the winningest football coach in uh, Maryland history, not just Montgomery County. And Walter Johnson, the late great pitcher who spent many years in Montgomery County. So that is quite a class. And even though you won't be there, those who show up tomorrow, and by the way, it's free. You just have to register for a ticket on the website at mcshf.org. For those that show up, you won't be there, but you send a, a beautiful video. And I was really impressed. I'm not just saying that. A lot of people do videos or reading off prompter, and it's short. This was not short, and, and it really felt genuine. And uh, I know that the people that show up are really going to appreciate you uh, you sending that video. So I just wanted to, to tell you that. Thank you. Yeah. Again, I'm upset I can't be there for it. My family will all be there and a couple friends, I think. So yeah, uh, I know my family is looking forward to accepting and maybe saying a few words along with the video and, of course, seeing everyone and congratulating all the other inductees as well. We will send you pictures. You will feel like you were there, okay? Oh, good. Thank you. Absolutely. So you talked about Montgomery County. It's such a big part of of you. You were born in D.C. but grew up in, in Bethesda, I think, correct? Yes, I've lived in the same house my whole life in Bethesda. Wow. So what was that like growing up? Were you a regular kid that just happened to end up being a gold medal swimmer? Or what was that like growing up? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I joined a summer league pool in the Montgomery County Swim League when I was six years old. We joined the Palisades pool. And I was six, my brother was nine, and we didn't really know very many people at the pool. So the easiest way to meet people is to join the swim team. So that's what we did. And by the end of the summer, we had, you know, 100 friends ages six to 18. So that was kind of how I got my start in swimming and started swimming year round right after that first summer and just really benefited from that Montgomery County Swim League. And then kind of the the club swimming scene in the area is so strong in the DMV. So just, yeah, <laughs> it all started in Montgomery County. When, uh, okay, I'm guessing you played other sports as a little kid. When did you realize that swimming was your sport? Yeah, I played basketball and soccer as well growing up. And I played those till I was about 10 or 11. I started realizing that I was taking swim practice over basketball practice if hmm. the two were at the same time. And I also broke my arm playing basketball in fourth grade during gym <laughs> class. And so I think that was kind of a turning point where I was, you know, I kind of realized how bummed I was that I had to sit out of swim practice because of the broken arm. And I started, I think, (laughs) sitting out of PE class if I had a big swim meet coming up just to be careful uh, and not do anything silly. I was, I I guess I was a little too competitive (laughs) in gym (laughs) class. So, you know, I think it was kind of around 11 or 12 where I really started taking my swimming seriously. I was doing you know, early morning practices, waking up at four o'clock in the morning to go swim, doing, you know, two practices a day, that kind of thing, when I was 11 or 12, uh, and just started qualifying for bigger and bigger meets until the next meet to qualify for was Olympic trials, and was able to do that when I was 14, and then make the Olympics the next year when I was 15. 
you mentioned the early morning practices, which anyone who swims know that that's what you have to do. If you if you had to change one thing about swimming, would you change that, the, the getting up early part? Uh, I guess so. It's kind of part of the sport. I think every young swimmer that's serious about swimming kind of gets into that or falls down that road just based on pool availability and sure. if you want to get two practices in, in the in the day, then you're going to have to do one before school and one after school, really. So, uh, you know, it's kind of the sacrifice that you have to make, but I never really considered it a sacrifice. Hmm. Um, it was something that I was always excited for. I never had trouble waking up for practice. Very appreciative of my parents for waking up early all those mornings for, you know, however many years it was, probably seven or eight years straight of waking up at four in the morning for two to three times a week uh, to take us to practice. Right. So, yeah, it, it took a lot of dedication and a lot of, a lot of hours, just a lot of, a lot of work to get to the level that I'm at today. You, you mentioned your parents, and, and uh, I haven't met your dad, but Mary, uh, your mom, uh, Mary Jen, is such a nice person. I'm guessing she's had a huge influence on, on you and your life. Yeah, both my mom and my dad have had a huge influence on my life. They just have always been incredibly supportive, and you know, and that goes for my brother as well. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I have the best family, and <laughs> I'm really lucky, I guess, that my parents had the smarts to raise a family in Montgomery County because we really do love the county, the area, all the people. It's really become such a great place to be for our family. Any specific memories or is there one story that sticks out at Little Flower, Stone Ridge, or any of the races that you want to share? I'm guessing you didn't have a lot of close races, but uh, any anything fun or interesting that kind of sticks out? Oh, man, I have so many different stories and <laughs> fantastic memories of going to school at Little Flower and at Stone Ridge and the different swim meets along the way, representing those schools or during my time at those schools have to give a big shout out to the sisters of the Immaculate Heart of Mary over at Little Flower who uh, have always been incredibly supportive. Sister Rosemary and our principal growing up just was such a great leader of our school and really great supporter of, of mine over the years. It's been fun to go over to the convent over at Little Flower and show the sisters my medals after the Olympics or, or world championships and just sit around and, and tell stories and also just reminisce about our days at that school. And then Stone Ridge as well, just four great years of high school there and just the support that I received there while I was competing at the Olympics. You know, it was uh, the summer after my freshman year that I went to London and I was still, you know, kind of getting to know people at, at Stone Ridge and I didn't, you know, I was kind of still solidifying who my friends were and, you know, feeling my way around campus and getting to know everyone. But I feel so lucky that I had that experience in London because it was really special for me to see how strong of a community Stone Ridge really has. And, you know, all credit goes to Mrs. Carroll, the head of school and the leadership in the upper school, Mitchell and Mr. McCluskey. I felt so much support and uh, just I would receive videos from my friends. This one friend of mine, Allie Rock, put together this, I think it was about 20 minutes long of of a video of, of all these people around the school, you know, classmates of mine, teachers, little kids, campers, um, just everyone wishing me good luck in the funniest ways and uh, just really put a smile on my face as I was getting ready to compete in London and just felt the support back home, like, kind of like I always imagined, I guess, you know, I never imagined that I would make it to the Olympics, but I remember as a kid growing up 
watching the Olympics back home and supporting the, the USA athletes and, and all that. So to kind of be on the other side of it and to feel that support from back home was really special for me. You mentioned London, obviously, that you mentioned that you're talking about the London Games in 2012. You were 15 years old competing in the Olympics and you win a gold medal. What was that like for you, specifically standing on the podium for the first time hearing the anthem as a 15-year-old in London? Yeah, it was surreal. There's no other word for it. That was my first time competing internationally for the U.S. in swimming. And to be at the Olympics, first of all, was such an incredible feeling and such an honor. And then to make an Olympic final in the in the one event that I was competing in, again, that was kind of another step up and at that point, everything on top of that was just kind of like a cherry on top. And I didn't feel any pressure, went out there and, and took the gold. And so when I was standing on that podium, I just, I had I had all the emotions, started crying, saw my family, saw some people in the stands from our area, Montgomery County, and just kind of made me feel at home. And it's just an incredible feeling when you get to see that flag raised in your honor and in the country's honor and to sing the national anthem like that. We're talking to the great Katie Ledecky, five gold medals so far, 15 world championship gold medals, 14 world records. I don't know. You may have said another couple. I don't know if these stats are up to date. You may have said another couple in the last two days. Yeah, those sound right. (laughs) (laughs) So of all the accomplishments so far, can you pick one that is the most meaningful? I'm sure they're all meaningful to you, but is there one that really sticks out as more meaningful than the others in some way? Well, I think that that first gold in, in London will always stick out and kind of hold a, a special place in my heart just because that was the start of it all, basically. Yeah, I'll just have so many great memories from that and, and kind of that time in, in my life when all this was kind of new to me. But, you know, there there have been so many different steps along the way. Obviously, Rio was incredible just to kind of put everything together and do what I knew I was capable of doing. And, you know, I, I took a gap year between high school and coming out to Stanford so that I could train in preparation for Rio with the same coach, Bruce Gemmel, that I'd been working with through high school. And just just really awesome to be able to achieve the goals that we had set out to achieve together for those you know, the, the three or four years that we had talked about those goals and to just kind of hit them right on the nail was pretty <laughs> incredible. So those will be memories I'll always have. And I think, you know, each world record also kind of tells its own story and kind of remember the different people and the different places that you're at uh, at those different times. Absolutely. A couple of uh, memories that the fans in D.C. have, I know that I have of you when you came back from the Olympics. I'm not sure if it was the first time or the second time getting greeted by all your friends, family, supporters, uh, former teammates. Uh, that had to be one of many cool moments for you. Yeah, that was that was incredible. I think both times after both London and Rio, I had friends and family waiting for me back at the airport. And I think you know, both times I was just kind of surprised at how many people came out. And it's always really special when you get to share those moments with your friends and show them the medals and tell some stories. And I mean, just see people that you haven't seen for at least a couple of weeks when you're away competing like that. So it's just fun to share those moments with as many people as you can. And, you know, hopefully I'll have some more good <laughs> moments like that over the next year and be able to get back to, to Maryland and share some of that and 
my experiences, whether they're good or bad, with sure. with uh, everyone back home. Another cool moment that, that I remember that I'm sure you do too very well uh, at a Nats game, throwing out the first pitch and having uh, Bryce Harper, when he was with the Nats, presenting you with all of your gold medals and then throwing out the first pitch. That had to be a lot of fun and very memorable. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'm a big DC sports fan, and I think I've thrown out the first pitch now maybe three times. I mean, for sure, that one right after Rio where I put the medals on Bryce's arm and then threw it out. That that was pretty cool. Got some great pictures from that. And, again, we were just kind of having fun with it. It was cool that he wanted to do that. And, again, just more memories along the way. And by the way, Katie, I want to know, I want to tell you how big time you are. You're so big time that, so we, I work here at Montgomery Community Media. We have a website. We have our own special Keeping Up With Katie icon on the website. So anything oh, wow. with Katie Ledecky, you've got your own. There aren't any other people that have their own thing. So that that's pretty special, right? It is. Thank you. Absolutely. I, uh, Thank you. <laughs> you keeping everyone, everyone posted on things. Yes. All right, so there's a lot more to talk about. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, lots more with Olympic champ, Bethesda native Katie Ledecky, including my favorite segment on MoCo's Most Famous, The Lightning Round. Be back after this. MCM, your community media center, is making Montgomery County a great place to live through programs like 21 This Week. Montgomery County's hardest-hitting political talk show keeps you up to date with the local political scene. Montgomery Community Media. Our middle name is Community. back on MoCo's Most Famous. I'm Joe Yashroff. Katie Ledecky joins us from Palo Alto, California, where she is training for the 2020 Olympic Games in Tokyo. Katie, uh, we really want to thank you again for, for joining us. This is uh, a lot of fun for us. And, uh, we, you know, you started talking about uh, being a D.C. sports fan. Part of that, I'm guessing, came from your uncle, Jonathan, who everybody knows was part of the ownership group with the Caps for years, now with the Islanders. Is that how you became a, a D.C. sports fan or just growing up here? Yeah, I, I guess that was, was probably how it started. I, As you said, my uncle John was, was with the Caps, I think, you know, around 1999. So I was only about two years old, and we went to uh, – all the home Caps games in D.C. and just loved going to those games, became a, a big Caps fan growing up. And then, you know, when the Nats came, we became big Nats fans, Wizards, you know, all, all the different sports, Redskins. Yeah, it's fun to get involved with that. And obviously D.C. sports fans are, are pretty passionate and hmm. been, been fun to have some, some really big players in D.C. and to watch them compete at the level that they're at and, to be able to get to meet some of them over the last couple of years. It's been also, really cool. And also you would belong on that Mount Rushmore of, you know, Alex Ovechkin and anyone else you want to put on there. But Katie Ledecky definitely goes on that Mount Rushmore. How did you feel, where were you when the Caps won the Stanley Cup? I was uh, at school out at Stanford. I was actually competing in a meet that next day, I remember, because I was asked all about it, <laughs> the next day at sure. that meet. And I think I was also announcing 
my first professional sponsorship that next day as well <laughs> with Tier. So it was kind of a, a big couple days there, and yeah, it was exciting to to see them do that. And honestly, kind of wished I was in DC to kind of see some of the festivities. And you know, our, our family is still very close with the Muelitz's you know, family, and you know, we're big fans of of theirs, and they've been incredibly supportive and and kind to us over the years. And was really happy for them for that success. It was madness. Uh, you know, the, the streets were filled. It was not just Caps fans. Everybody kind of jumped on the bandwagon, which was which was great. I'm old enough to remember when the Skins won and that parade. But this was really felt really special because there had been a long gap in terms of the, the big four sports winning championships. So it's a big deal for the whole for city. Sure. Yeah. So, and, and kind of like when you, when you win gold medals, everybody is so proud and, and, and feels the, the pride. And uh, so it's amazing what, uh, do, do you feel the power of what sports can do and what sports accomplishments can do for fans, for cities? Yeah, of course. I think sports can really bring people together, whether it's within a town, within a city, within a country, globally. I think, you know, competing in the Olympics, I've really seen how sports can bring people together from all over the world and kind of be this uniting force, you know, hopefully uniting force in the world. And, you know, kind of during those those two or three weeks when the Olympics are held, I think there's something kind of special felt uh, around the world as people are watching and cheering on the athletes from their countries and kind of seeing these athletes from different countries interact and sportsmanship and perform at the highest level and just put forth that effort for their different countries. And personally, I've really enjoyed getting to meet people from all over the world. And uh, I never again imagined that I would get to that level and have the opportunities that I've had to travel the world and, and meet people from, from all over. You know, we take, a bus to and from the, the Olympic Village to the pool, and you just never know who you're going to be, be sitting next to. And it's, hmm. it's really fun to start up a conversation with someone or, or trade pins or, or do what you can to get a little little sense of the culture of where that person is from or, or just learn a little bit something new from, from that person. So it, it's, it's, it's such, a, such a cool experience. When I got to Rio and, and got into the Olympic Village, I kind of had to pinch myself again. And I, I kind of remember having this moment where I was kind of like, wow, I, I forgot how cool <laughs> the Olympics is. You know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's unlike any other thing where all these people from all over the world who are the very best in their sport, in all sports, all the Olympic sports are, are there in this little city, <laughs> uh, this little city that's the Olympic Village. And yeah, it, it's just unlike anything you can ever experience. You kind of answered what my next question was going to be, but I'm going to ask it a little differently. So you're 22. You've accomplished more than most people do in a lifetime in terms of what you do, which is amazing. You've, you've traveled. You've accomplished a lot. You've achieved uh, fame. I know you're a competitive athlete. You're still a competitive athlete, and you're focused on the next thing. But how often do you allow yourself to just say, you know what, this is pretty cool, what I'm doing, what has been accomplished? Yeah, you know, it's kind of a balance because you are always looking towards the next thing and you never want to settle and you always want to be focused on the next goal and the next competition. But, you know, at the same time, I do have those moments from time to time, whether it's in the middle of a workout or I see something or read something or I, you know, have have a meet coming up or whatever it is. If I get to share a moment with somebody or talk to people at a school or meet some kids at Children's Hospital and show them the medal and kind of see what the power of a gold medal to light up a kid's face. 
what that looks like. Those are kind of the moments where I, I do have to step back mm-hmm. and kind of appreciate where I am at, at this moment and just reminisce about all the opportunities that I have had over the last eight years, really, to compete at the highest level of my sport and to have the opportunities that I've had as a result of it. I'll you know never take it for granted and will appreciate the opportunities that I have every day to do what I love to do. And you have a long way to go in terms of being a competitive athlete, so that's kind of cool too. So I'm old enough to remember Mark Spitz at the 72 Olympics. Don't do the math, please. You know, obviously, we all saw Michael Phelps, what he did. These are two of the greats. You're in that class. How important is uh, your legacy to you? And I don't know how often you've thought about that, but is that important to you? Or are you still just still focused on uh, what you're doing? Yeah, I, I don't like to think about legacy too much. Mm-hmm. I, I'm very focused on what's next and what I still want to accomplish moving forward. You know, I hope that I can continue to have a legacy where I'm seen as somebody that works hard and represents our country well and treats other people well and and all those different things. Just mm-hmm. lead by example and hopefully be able to inspire the next generation of young athletes to pursue their goals and, and really young people in general just to pursue whatever it is that they're passionate about. I'm not concerned about number of medals or number of world records or whatever it is. I'm you know, the, the things that I think through are how can I make an impact with the platform that I have and the opportunities that I have to give back to my communities and where I'm from, where I live, and people in need. So those are the things that I think about mm-hmm. more so than, you know, a, a certain legacy or number of medals or, or whatever sure. it may be. And that is a legacy, everything that you've talked about. It's a great legacy. One of my favorite superstars is Steph Curry, not just because he's great at what he does. He's won championships. He does it with flair. But he also seems to be just a really nice guy. And you seem to fit into that into that mold of people that uh, are kind and, and really care about the image and being a role model. How important is that to you? Thank you. Um, I have met Steph a couple of times out here in, in California, and mm-hmm. I can attest that he is a, a really great guy and <laughs> does a lot for a lot of people. So, you know, I appreciate that. And, yeah, I, I'm just going to continue to be who I am and and work hard and hopefully be able to make a bit of an impact here and there as as I can. Okay. You mentioned you're in Palo Alto at Stanford University. You mentioned the gap year. You studied there for two years. Then you turned pro. So you're not currently studying at Stanford, correct? You're taking time off to to concentrate on swimming. Is that right? So this past year was my junior year Mm -hmm. of school. So I competed two years collegiately for the swim team, and then I did go to school and take classes during my junior year. And then over this next year, I'm taking a break from classes so that I, I can put everything into my training for this year. But I am still helping out with research. I'm a psychology major, so mm-hmm. I'm a research assistant this year, and I'll be able to get a couple units along the way, continue to work towards my degree and stay mentally engaged and still be able to, to do some of that over this next year. And then after 2020, I'll have about a year, year and a half left of classes. So take it a little bit of a long road, but I'm lucky that I still get to, to do things here out at Stanford, be able to train here, be able to take classes and, and learn from some of the best professors in the world and, mm-hmm. you know, continue to work towards my degree and get that done shortly after Tokyo. That sounds good. So what do you plan on doing with that degree? Have you thought that far? Uh, well, I 
I'm, you know, pretty focused on mm-hmm. where I'm at right now. But I think beyond swimming, I, I definitely want to do things that help others, whether that's in business or law or anything else. Uh, I think, you know, I, I want to be able to help others realize the potential that they have, especially in, in education. And I think sports provide such a great platform for young kids to realize their potential and things that they're passionate about. So hopefully something at the intersection of, of education and, and sports, but I'll, I'll kind of see where this road takes me the next couple of years. No rush. You're 22. I, I, I still haven't figured out what I'm doing and I'm in a lot, I'm a lot older than 22. So you're, I think you're doing all right. <laughs> Um, I want to uh, ask you about the uh, the new uh, swim league, the International Swim League that you're a part of, and specifically the DC Trident. So I, I believe that you were first an ambassador, but now the exciting news is that you'll actually be, will, will you actually be swimming for the DC Trident? Yes, I'm on the the DC Trident team. So there are a couple of meets this year. I won't be competing in in all of the meets. And, and yeah, it's this great new new swim league, professional swim league. It's a great opportunity for professional athletes around the world to have some new opportunities in the sport and hopefully grow the sport together. And I, I think it's it's going to be really exciting to see how everything unfolds. It, it has some some great structure, some great plans moving forward, both this year and in the future. I think hopefully really you know, capture people's attention around the Olympics right now before the Olympics and hopefully afterwards as well and just kind of use it as a way to, to celebrate our sport. So, yeah, it's cool that I, I get to represent D.C. at this level. Swimming kind of, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, has the same kind of challenges that soccer does that it seems like people get excited for swimming during the Olympics and then not as excited in the off year. So would this league be sort of hopefully a step in the right direction in making people focus on swimming, not just uh, on years divisible by four? Yeah, that's the goal. You know, I, I think people do think about swimming only once every four years when it's on TV for the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um but we have something every year that we're working towards. We have world championships every year. We now have this international swim league. Uh, and I, I think it really does have the potential to capture people's attention and get people excited about the sport. There really are so many people around the country that swim. You know, I, I go to different events and I meet older people and they say, oh, you know, I have three kids and they all swim. They're going to be so excited hmm. to know that I met you. And it's person after person that I meet that right. tells me that you think that, you know, everyone in the in the country is swimming. So I think there is an audience out there. I think, you know, you see it in Montgomery County. There's so many swimmers. We have the, the Montgomery County Swim League has, you know, divisions A through, I think, O. And there's six teams per division. So it's, you know, it's something like 70 or 80 teams that are made up of probably on average 100 swimmers. So that's just Montgomery County. And there's Northern Virginia. There's D.C. There, there's just so many different swim leagues where, you know, hopefully these young kids grow up to, you know, continue to swim if they enjoy it or, or find what they love. But I think there are a lot of people that really enjoy swimming and hopefully will enjoy watching swimming, whether it's at the Olympics or the International Swim League now. Sure. I made the comparison with soccer, with women's soccer. I'm guessing you had a chance to watch the, the U.S. Women's World Cup soccer. And if you did, uh, how excited were you when, uh, when the U.S. team won? Yeah, of course I was was very excited. You know, you're always cheering on Team USA, and 
you know, especially those women, they, they did, did a great job competing. And I know one of the, the players on their team, Tierna Davidson, is mm-hmm. a classmate of mine at Stanford. Uh, I've met once or twice. So to see her at that level was really neat. And, yeah, of course, it's always fun to see Team USA win. All right, Katie, are you ready for the lightning round? Are you ready to have some fun? Of course. This, I'm a this, nervous. No, no, don't be nervous. This is going to be a lot of fun, hopefully. Okay, so, you know, we all swim, and none of us are very good. We all get swimmer's ear. Do, do you get swimmer's ear? I do from time to time, not very often. And, but funny story, funny story with that is I did get swimmer's ear my very first year swimming when I was six years old, starting to swim. Uh-huh. And I went to the doctor. I went to the doctor's office, and they said that I had to start wearing a swim cap because I guess I wasn't at that time. So I got this really cute swim cap with a green frog on it that I wore that first year in swimming. And so I have these great pictures with the That's awesome. frog swim cap that I, that I loved. Do we still have the cap with a frog? I, was, I, was, I think what happened was I started crying when the doctor said that I sh- <laughs> shouldn't swim that I shouldn't swim for a couple of weeks. And he, so he, he said, oh, it's, you know, you're just going to have to start wearing a swim cap and, <laughs> or something like that. And so that's great. Um, that's what I did. <laughs> All right. So are you one of these athletes that's great in e- e- everything? Can you be beaten in other sports? We know nobody can beat you in swimming. Can you be beaten in other sports? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think so. All right, so what's I, your... I haven't played many other sports, at least recently. What? Okay, so right now, what's your second best sport, if you had to pick one? Oh, boy. Um, ping pong? Is that a sport? Well, well, I am pretty good at ping pong because I play that every summer at, at Palisades with my brother. There you when go. I, when I get over to our summer, summer league pool. So maybe that. Okay. Uh, I have the height, so <laughs> the basketball's there. Yeah. Uh, soccer, anyone that's seen my from the Ellen show after Rio. Yep. I hit the bullseye on the on the game, so yes, still did. have a little bit of <laughs> of uh, soccer skills from growing up playing soccer with the Tadpoles, my team growing up. Okay. Uh, with Dr. New Dr. Newman, mm-hmm. who's uh, the he- head of Children's Hospital now. He's our our neighbor and was our coach, so I give him credit for. My soccer skills, that still so, remains a little sounds bit. Sounds good. Okay, so if you were a, Washington, a member of the Washington Nationals, what would your walk-up song be? Ooh. Or a group. Um, if you don't want a song, you can name a group or a singer. I'll pick You Give Love a Bad Name. Nice. I think that was my first pump-up song growing up. I don't know why. So, it was on the CD that we used to play. So probably. are you listening to that at the Olympics when we see you know the, the swimmers with their uh, ear pods or air pods, whatever they're called? Is that what you're listening to? Uh, maybe. Uh, I listened <laughs> to a lot of Bruce Springsteen go- growing up as well. Nice. Um, my dad's a big Springsteen fan, so going to swim meets when we were younger it would be a mix of Bruce Springsteen, Southside Johnny, U2, Bon Jovi, whatever, whatever it was. Um, old school. Thank so you for. I'm I'm pretty I'm a pretty old school girl. I like classic it. rock, uh, that kind of stuff. All right, favorite uh, show to binge on Netflix or wherever you watch your shows. Blue Bloods. Blue Bloods. Is that uh, Tom Selleck? Yes. Awesome. So you're still blue. Uh, you're still binging that, even though you've probably seen all the episodes, right? Yeah, the, I think the new season starts in a couple weeks. Oh, so. it's still on. I didn't I'm know excited. that. Oh wow. Okay. I'm excited for that. All right. Favorite athlete that's not a swimmer. Ooh. Well. You talked about Steph. I don't want to put I'm pressure a, I'm on a you. Fan, I'm a fan of the Islanders now that my uncle is. Sure. Um, the Islanders, so. I'm a, a Matt Martin fan. Matt Martin, okay. Um, from the Islanders. Does he know this? 
He does. Okay, good. Just making <laughs> I, sure. I met him. He knows that I'm a fan. Okay. Now, here's a question you've never been asked, I hope. How much time of your life have you spent in water? Give me a percentage, exact percentage. Ooh, let's see. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> a third? Oh, that's probably... Too high? Too much. Okay. Maybe 10%, 5%. Okay. All right. I don't all right. know. That's all right. Okay. Yeah, East... it's hard to estimate that. Uh, okay. East Coast or West Coast? I think I'm still an East Coast girl. I, I like it out here. I like the weather uh, in California and, and everything. I, I, I don't know if I have a full sense of the West Coast yet, just mm-hmm. being only out here for school and at Stanford. But I miss everyone back home. I miss the East Coast. I miss the DMV, Montgomery County. So well, come, I, I come on I'll back. Come, on, come, some, come visit us. I think, I think at some point I'll, I'll get back, maybe once I'm finished up with school or further along down the road. We'll see. And I, I like both coasts, Okay, but I don't have a super strong okay. preference or, or feeling at this point. When you come back, what do you do when you come back home? Somebody said, uh, Carolyn said, do you, do you sleep? <laughs> <laughs> sleep, uh, eat some home-cooked meals, just hang out at home, try to meet up with some friends from school, swim, <laughs> go to Palisades. There you go. Uh, so all right, last two. All the top spots. Last two questions. Your favorite after practice or after race meal? There's got to be one, right? Well, I always drink chocolate milk ah, after a race. There's a good plug. Uh, you are now a spokesperson for chocolate milk. Famous plug. Well no, done. Well true. done. But let's see. If I really want a treat, like after the Olympics, I feel like it kind of depends on where I am and what I haven't had for a really long time. Got but it. I guess it would be something like a pizza. <laughs> A pizza is always good. I could eat pizza literally every day of my life and never get sick of it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Last last question for the lightning round. Do you get invited to pool parties? <laughs> Not much. <laughs> wouldn't I that be weird most, inviting you know, Katie my... Ledecky to a pool party? Or maybe it wouldn't be most weird. I don't know. My, <laughs> most of my friends are swimmers, and so we don't really, you know, <laughs> go to the pool in our free time. <laughs> All right. You did really well. You got an A-plus, Katie. I don't know if you get these are credits uh, towards your psychology degree at Stanford, but you did very well. Thank you. This has been a real treat for us. Thank you so much for joining. Congratulations again on your induction into the uh, Montgomery County Sports Hall of Fame. Good luck with your thank training you. for the 2020 Olympics. And, and thank you again for, for joining us. Really, really appreciate the time. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. That was five-time Olympic gold medal winning swimmer Katie Ledecky. I'm Joe Yasharoff. Thank you to Carolyn Raskowskis, Adam Wyatt for uh, keeping me in line and for making everything sound great. And also to everyone here at Montgomery Community Media. Until next time on MoCo's Most Famous. Most Famous.